Yeah, you're kicking it with Toe, huh? Yeah, you're kicking it with Toe. What? Yeah, you're kicking it with Toe. The latest podcast, you know. What's good, wonderful people of the world? My name is Toby. You are kicking it with me. <laughs> so today I have a very special guest on my podcast. My guy, Devin Carter. What's good? What's up? What's up? Yeah, so you know, he's an entrepreneur. He's somebody that's actually pursuing his doctorate, actually. He's pursuing his doctorate right now while working full-time. So he's somebody that... I really look up to as a person and somebody that is just excelling so much in what he's doing and I honestly want him to just give his 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 mindset of how he's able to stay motivated, keep on striving and keep on grinding basically. But before we get into the podcast, the thinking like told for today is why is education important? Um, (laughs) this is a very, um, very, very big thing like Tobe, at least for myself, because, you know, I'm doing my master's now and I could have stopped when, when I basically graduated my bachelor's, but I'm going to give you guys about 15 seconds to think this one through and then we're going to reconvene and basically talk about it a little bit. But as I always do, I have to do my Jeopardy. So you already know what the vibes are, man. Alright, that's it with the Jeopardy. But Devin, why do you think education is important? Yeah, man. Um well first of all, you know, before I begin, I just gotta share my thanks, you know, to you Toad, um, for bringing me on, man. I think you're doing amazing things as well. And so it's great to, you know, have like minds doing something like this. We can, you know, give back to our people. And so, yeah, that definitely speaks on, you know, where my my motivation comes from for education. Man. And uh, personally, I think it's important because, you know, I think it is the foundation of why, you know, um, society should be going in a, in, a, in a positive direction. Right. Without education, a lot of things just wouldn't be, you know, um, I think in regards to how I how I look at it, I think of it in two ways, right? Education is one piece of it, which to me is in the classroom, right? So you got the books, you got the teachers, you know, you have assignments and things like that, and that's important simply because you know um, we all kind of go through this this funnel of education, right? Uh, we all have to go to school, you know, even if we're homeschooled, we all have a curriculum to follow, right? To get the you know foundational education that we need to be able to, you know, provide a positive impact to society. And so, you know, that's important, right? Go to school, get your education, obviously. But also, uh, I think learning outside of the classroom is just as important. You know, uh, you can be educated um, without a college degree, in my opinion, simply by, you know, uh, learning from others, you know, kind of getting that uh, more freestyle uh, uh, type of education. And so, you know, both inside and out of the classroom, to me, is extremely important in regards to education. And so I hope, you know, as we kind of continue on with this podcast, we'll start to, you know, unpack that a little bit more. I definitely agree with you because, especially when you said the outside of the classroom, it's always about that asking that why or asking questions in general because you can't know anything unless you ask, try and gain that knowledge, try and show people that, you're intrigued in what they're doing or you are interested in anything that they're doing in general. But it's, for me, education is like 
that stepping stone is that it's that thing that sets you apart from the next person mm. i've even told you that after my master's after i'm done with the ncaa i'm going to get my law degree why because it's going to give me that right um that higher echelon or that it's going to separate me from anybody that i'm in competition with mm-hmm. to get a job, you know? And, and you know what's funny about that, too, is, you you know, you, you share something that I think is extremely important, especially, you know, if I may say so myself, young minority individuals, you know, because a lot of times, you know, minorities do have uh, certain stepping stones that they have to overcome, right, in order to maybe get certain certain things that, you know, the majority kind of just, just gets handed to them, right? And so... Again, you know, I'm a big proponent of education because of that fact, right? Because, you know, when you get a bachelor's degree, okay, now you're separating yourself from people who don't, okay? When you get a master's degree, now you're separating yourself from individuals who even have a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And for someone like yourself going to law school, right, now you're separating yourself pretty much from everybody else. (laughs) You know, well, that's essentially how it goes. You know, the higher level of education you receive, right, people are going to look at you in a different light. Yeah. But that's not to say, right, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the theme of this podcast now is just going to go from, you know, the classroom style of education and outside of the classroom style of education. Right? For sure. Because as much as that's true, you also got to remember the fact that, you know, my father, for example, you know, has a high school diploma, but he's probably the smartest person I know. Yeah. You know, um, to make it out of his circumstances, right, you have to be extremely intelligent. Yeah. Right. He, I think he has a Ph.D. in survival. You know, um, and so that sets them, that sets them apart, yeah. right, from a lot of other people. And so, you know, I, I appreciate your perspective on that because I think that's so true in regards to how do you separate yourself from everybody else. Even if, right, even if we think the same way, people might look at you different now because you're a lawyer versus, you know, if you didn't get that degree, you see? Yeah, for sure, for sure. One, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to study sports law, so, like, oh. <laughs> I want to be a lawyer in that sense, you Got know? you. But no, I actually understand like exactly what you mean by like you can be have a PhD in certain things that could be outside of the classroom or it won't be technically you won't get a paper for it because life teaches you so many more lessons than you can learn inside of a classroom and that's really true because you know somebody can be excelling at life inside the classroom but can't deal with their emotions outside exactly. of the classroom. So exactly. it's just one of those type of things. And a lot of things that happen outside of the classroom affects the things that happen inside the classroom. Preach. So it's just, it's like, how do you, you have to learn how to deal with both. You have to learn how to be smart inside and outside. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on the people that you put yourself around. Exactly. It depends on um, what you're doing in your downtime. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's so many different factors on what happens in, out, and how that gets you to where you want to go. Exactly. Agreed. So, so it's just like, it's one of those type of things. And, you know, um, we can talk about this all day, but I really do want to get... <laughs> I'm looking at the timer. It's already eight <laughs> minutes going by. Um, but I just wanted to just ask you a little bit about what are you doing now mm-hmm. here at Syracuse and your educational background and, like, what is basically keeping you to stay motivated and continue to strive because you could have never went and got your PhD. So like, what is your overall goal with mm-hmm. everything that you're doing right now? Yeah. So, you know, um, 
I'll start with where I am and kind of backtrack a little bit uh, and then hopefully bring it all home at the end. So right now I am the career development coordinator uh, for student athletes at Syracuse University, uh, which you know requires me to, uh, on one hand, when you're thinking about the student athletes, right? How do how do they how do they uh, work on their resume? How do they work on cover letters? You know, how can they improve those? Um, and then internships. What you know? What kind of internship might be uh, feasible for somebody, especially the athlete who right has practice on a daily basis, who you know is traveling from city to city on a consistent basis, you know, and especially at a place like Syracuse, who uh, most likely has an aspiration to play professionally, right? You kind of have to bring all of that into the equation when dealing with these student athletes. Uh, and then, you know, on the other hand, I'm also uh, dealing a lot with kind of the companies and uh, administration, right? And trying to set up, you know, appropriate programming for these student athletes so that they can see, uh, obviously, the benefits and importance of education, right? And how they can use that uh, for their own, own careers outside of the field uh, or the court. Uh, and so that's, you know, in a nutshell, what I'm doing at Syracuse. Uh, but how I got here is, is pretty unique. I actually didn't uh, apply to this position, even though it's obviously a great, a great job. Uh, I was actually uh, reached out to by uh, the Associate Director for Diversity uh, and Inclusion for this position because uh, this is a new role for Syracuse, and they wanted somebody who uh, embraces education as much as I do. So uh, right now I'm finishing up my doctorate degree in special education. And uh, what I plan to do with that is a big question because uh, I think we alluded to this earlier, but essentially why I got into it in the first place was I wanted to separate myself because I found that a lot of us, uh, and when I say us, I do mean the minority male, which I am and proud to be. Um, a lot of us, you know, don't really see that light at the end of the tunnel, right? We're kind of focused on, you know, this temporary gratification or satisfaction, right? especially from where I'm from, uh, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and being an inner city kid, you know, uh, it was it was a, a unique experience because every day you were essentially just, you know, figuring out how are you going to eat lunch or how are you going to eat dinner. Um, and, you know, homework gets done when it gets done. I have to learn how to survive first, right? Uh, I can't, you know, I can't do my homework if I'm hungry. That's essentially how, you know, how, how it was. And so... Uh, the priority was, you know, survival first, school second. And I think uh, as I kind of went on this route, um, I got a basketball scholarship to Lehigh University, um, but it was not picture-perfect uh, experience that a lot of aspiring Division One athletes think it might be. Uh, it was tough. You know, my freshman year, I tore my ACL. Um, I was also academically ineligible. And that led up until, you know, um, the summer going into my junior year, my coach giving me a phone call and saying, "Man, we don't we don't think you should be here. We don't want um, we don't want you to continue to remain at this university, performing how you're performing." And that was on the court and in the classroom. And so he gave me one one semester. That's all I had one semester to to, to fix it. And for me, right, like I said, this was during the summer going into my junior year. So I was in Cleveland at the time, and I was just looking around at my surroundings. And the one common denominator that I found was no one had an advanced level of education. No one had a, an advanced degree outside of uh, maybe a bachelor's. And so if someone had a bachelor's growing up where I grew up, they were considered you know, extremely intelligent. And that's not to shy away from the fact that they might or might not be, but that's to say, you know, 
what about the master's degree? What about the doctorate degrees? Uh, these just weren't a part of my environment growing up. And it wasn't until I got to Lehigh and actually decided, I made the choice to uh, embrace education. And that was when I started to you know, intermingle with you know, other people with doctorate degrees and advanced levels of education. And I started to learn that their lifestyle was different simply because they got that, that paper that you spoke about earlier, right? I call it the freedom paper, right? Because it's essentially what it is to me. Uh, it, it, it helps you gain freedom that you might not have otherwise. And so again, hopefully that, that long story was a little short, but that's just kind of where, you know, my background is, you know, what I'm doing now. And uh, again, you know, as far as like career aspiration for myself, uh, I want to finish this degree, which hopefully May 2022, be walking that stage uh, with that freedom paper in hand. And then from there, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big believer in chasing your dreams. And so, you know, I still have a dream of playing basketball professionally. And so that's something I'm still uh, chasing as well. Um, I think with my degree, I'll be able to kind of, you know, use that in a lot of different areas of my life, but the biggest is probably with Rio. And so uh, I'm sure we'll get to this in a second, but uh, I do own a business, uh, co-founded with my fiance, Laura, uh, that is called Real. It stands for Recognize Education and Learning. And I'll touch on that hopefully soon, but that's essentially what that business is, is just promoting the, the importance of education and learning in a unique way. Uh, I don't think it's really uh, embraced within, you know, our culture necessarily as much as it should be. Uh, yes, we don't like to do homework. Yes, we don't like to do these things, but they're necessary to get to where we have to go. And so that's just a real way of speaking on it. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. You touched on so many different things just from you found yourself in a little bind where you were not in the best space just with the education and everything, but then you dug yourself out of this stay motivated, stay driven, stay striving to get where you are now. And honestly, there's so many people that might be in your position right now, that might be struggling academically um, and with their sports, or it might just be one or the other, but they let that struggle get them so far down. And it's like, it's to the point where they don't want to do it anymore because they feel as if, okay, I'm not doing well now. I don't see no greater side of whatever I'm doing now. And I always say, if you're taking the easy way out, it's not meant for you, you know? Mm -hmm. So they feel as if taking the easy way out is good, but then after they make that decision, what are they left with? Where, right. What are they going to do next? Right. And that's what people don't think. They don't think into the future. And just going into thinking into the future, you already spoke about it a little bit, it's that real aspect. Mm -hmm. You were already thinking about your future. You're doing what you're doing right now in the present for a good future, mm -hmm. getting that doctorate degree, um, working around high-level athletes. You were a high-level athlete once upon a time. Appreciate that. I still <laughs> am, by the way, still am. I might have to see you on the court one of these <laughs> we days. We can do that. <laughs> But no, it's just, it's that aspect of you're thinking about the future. You came up with real, this is something that can live on longer than you. It can leave a legacy. I even was put on, I was a um, real recognized, real spotlight student for the month of January. That's right. Congratulations, big dog. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It, it, was, it, was a, it was an honor. And the last thing I said, in that um, post 
was I want something that's going to outlive me, mm. a legacy. And that's basically what you're doing with real. Mm. Tell me what real is. Mm-hmm. Like, where did you come up with this? What is your, what is your goals, your aspirations? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with real? Yeah, so, you know, bringing this back, you know, to when COVID first happened, right? So real was developed September of 2020. And if everybody remember when COVID happened, that was around March of 2020, right? And so when this happened, obviously, you know, I was in the house, you know, just kind of reflecting. I did a lot of reflection during this time um, because I, I was of the I was of the mindset that, you know, uh, I want to change the world, but I just didn't know how or where to start. But I knew that that my purpose in this life was to impact society in a positive way, uh, even at a large scale if I could, because I just felt like so many people could use help. And then I started to think, okay, so how do these people need help or what type of help do people need? And again, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I started to think about my own family and, you know, why certain circumstances with, within our family um, happened the way that they did. Uh, you know, I have a, you know, a few family members incarcerated and, you know, doing things that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, legal yet sustainable, right? And so that that was for me where that next step was. Okay, so how do we help these people find sustainability in their life, right? And so that was near and dear to my heart because again, right, if I I can go back to when the coach called me, right, and was gonna kick me out of the school, at the time, all I was was a basketball player. And that's all that I, I identified with and that's all I accepted, right? But I think what coach did was he challenged me and it started to think, you know, larger than just this this game, right? If you really boil it down, basketball or any sport is simply a game. But for me, growing up, it was my end all be all. It was the way to get me out of the hood, right? Or out of the, the circumstances that I was in. Um, but what I learned, right, was yes, that could be a vehicle, but that doesn't have to be the destination, right? And again, you brought up that long-term perspective. That was one of the first moments that I actually started to think long-term, right? And I actually started to think further than, you know, when Devin Carter's 30 years old, because that was all I saw myself, right? Was this 30-year-old, you know, basketball player who is gonna retire in a few years and live off of his millions, right? <laughs> um, and while, you know, while that still could happen, right? <laughs> that's not, it shouldn't be the end all be all, right? And so now we get to this place of, okay, so I know that the end all be all is in sports, right? Or entertainment even, right? With music and things like that, because I'm also uh, a musician, I would say, you know, I, I've, I've produced some songs and I think they're, they're pretty good. But the point is, right, is the entertainment industry shouldn't be kind of where we put all of our eggs, right? Our eggs should be spread out. And in my opinion, the only way to spread our our eggs is to understand how we can use education to our advantage. And so that led me to, okay, so education is important, right? We all know that. We all have been preached the same, you know, go to school, do your homework logic, right? But at the end of the day, that hasn't really connected, right, with, with, with like I said, I, I keep speaking on the minority uh, population, right? But if you think about our culture, that hasn't really been something that's been uh, connected, right, in a positive way. We all see education as just this, oh, 
got to wake up today and go to school. Uh, I got homework. You know how it goes, right? But, you know, the same thing can be applied to sprints on a basketball court, right? The only way you're going to get in shape is you have to run those sprints, right? The only way you're going to get smarter then, right, because our brain is essentially a muscle, is you have to exercise that brain, right? And so uh, now I'm at the place where, okay, I want to do this. I want to help inspire our youth to focus on education. How do I do it? Well, a lot of it has been corny. I'm going to just keep it real with you, right? A lot of it has just been corny, you know, um, the same stuff we always hear, but nothing's really connected. And so real is meant to connect, make that uh, resonance, I would say, right? Where I'm, I'm talking to you from a place that you understand me, right? I'm speaking your language, right? We all might speak English, but you speak a different English than I do, right? And so I have to understand a different English maybe than what you're giving me. And so uh, real is essentially that, right? It's speaking the language of the community in a way that helps them do the same thing that we're all trying to strive for anyway. Sustain in this life and then be able to produce uh, the next generation, right? And to have some, some foundation for that next generation to be able to also uh, produce some positive impact in this life as well. And so real is that, right? If you think about music, real wants to create a lane where we're speaking on educational topics within our, you know, our, our, our beats. And, you know, we can bob our heads and still kind of be uh, consciously aware of certain things without it sounding corny, right? I want it to sound like, you know, a little baby or Drake or all these, you know, rappers that people, you know, bob their heads to anyway. We could do the same thing just in a, a, a new lane, yeah. right? Where the new lane is kind of talking about something a little different. Right, that might hold some some substance to it, some weight to it, right? Um, and that's you know, no, not not to to offend Lil Baby and Drake at all, right? <laughs> they make great music, right? But but we want to kind of share light on a different approach to 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 the rap industry, right? Same thing with movies, right? We we depict a lot of um, minorities, in my opinion, in a negative way, right? What about the the positive examples of somebody like Toby? Right, who's doing great things in his community, who's doing, you know, great things, you know, in his own life, right? To then, you know, give back to, to his family and his environment and his people, right? And so why isn't that story spread? And so that's just another example of how, you know, our culture really doesn't um, make education cool, right? Uh, if education was cool in our culture, then a lot of other people um, would buy into this concept, right? But since it's not cool, we don't really embrace it as much as we should. You actually, because education is not cool, we don't really embrace it. Okay, hmm. so I don't want to like contradict that statement, but I want to ask you a question that's like I didn't even have this question like set up to mm -hmm. ask. But what if education was a lot more affordable? Mm. Would you see a lot more people mm -hmm. going to school? Yeah. Furthering their education? Of course. Well, I would say that, you know, obviously, right? I think a lot of us would, but we have to remember two, two things, right? Two big questions that I would then ask you, right? And they're kind of rhetorical, so I'll maybe give my own answer. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one being, right, how do you define education, right? Because if we're talking about affordability, right, we know the history of certain colleges that we won't name, right? We know why they were built. We know who they were for and who they were not for. Yeah. Right? So I think first thing is to remember uh, the history behind why education is so 
expensive. Um, and the second thing that I would say to that, right, is again, we all have to go through this funnel, right? So let's say I'm, you know, in second grade at a public school, right? I can still embrace education where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Um, I don't need thousands or even millions of dollars to embrace education, right? Uh, I'm, I'm from a Cleveland public school system, man. Um, I love it, you know, but, <laughs> but let's, let's be honest, right? I don't know if it prepared me for Lehigh's education. Not to say anything was wrong with the education I received from Cleveland, mm-hmm. right? But the education was just extremely different when I got to Lehigh, yeah. right? And not to mention the affordability, right? I wouldn't be at an institution like a Lehigh had it not been for the basketball scholarship, right? But since I got that opportunity, why waste it? Yeah. You see what I mean? And so to answer your question on the, on the, on the back end, I guess, of, of, this, uh, of this answer is, I don't think money is necessarily the issue. I think if we embrace education, it doesn't matter who's administering it. You know, it doesn't matter you know, what the classroom might look like. It doesn't even matter, you know, what the teacher might look like. At the end of the day, if I have an assignment in front of me and I care about who I am and if I care about my family, then I'm going to do that assignment because I understand the long-term benefit Mm -hmm. of me doing that assignment. Okay, okay, okay. I love that answer. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that answer. Appreciate you. No, I was was just thinking about it because, you know, some people say that, like, Kyle just... If you ask a normal person nine times, eight times out of ten, probably seven, they're going to say it's just too expensive. Mm -hmm. But then you think about society. We always talk about this. And I feel as if your real real blogs and your real organization itself um, really goes about talking about how society is. You know, like, how do you be your own person in this society? You know, because if you think about it, you go on any social media, people will post as much jewelry, <laughs> money, blah, blah. It could be real money, fake money. That they renting. Exactly. <laughs> Cars that they're renting. You know, people yeah. posting pictures of places that they went three months ago. <laughs> For one day. <laughs> exactly. So that costs money, too, mm-hmm. to have that fun, mm-hmm. to live in the moment. But then... You're living in the moment in the classroom as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that are uh, your priority street. Yes. Right. No. Okay. You can have your fun as long as you're getting your work done, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that people say your work-life balance, but a lot of people just think of life balance. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's more so just life instead of work. It's just like they just mm-hmm. work just fell off of the off of the earth or something. Right. So it's just like it's one of those things where yeah, we're young, you only live once, blah, blah, mm. blah, but you still have to, you know, that just, as we said before, sets you apart mm-hmm. from what you exactly want to do. Okay, you can talk about it, but are you really backing up your actions? But talk, Okay, so talk, since, we, since we, uh, we kicking it, right, I feel like I need to keep it real about something, okay? I'm listening. I think it starts with holding, we have to hold ourselves accountable first, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you just brought it up, right? We'll, we'll say college is too expensive, but then buy those $300 pair of Jordans, right? For sure. We'll say college is too expensive, right? But then, you know, go out on the town and, you know, bar hop and end up spending <laughs> hundreds of dollars, right, on, on alcohol, yeah. right? 
I want to hold us accountable in thinking about, again, I, I like to, thinking about two things, right? The first thing being, right, if college is so expensive, then why not look at different scholarships that could be obtainable, right? So obviously I got a, I got a athletic, but there's also academic, mm -hmm. right? There's a, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of money to be made, right, as a student, if you, again, now I'm, now I'm keeping it real with you, right, go back to this hustler's mentality, right? So, and again, I keep going back to our culture, right, but in our culture, we have this hustler's mentality where we feel like, you know, whether it's by any means necessary or what have you, right, that we got to get it any way we can, whatever that means, right? Legally or illegally. You feel what I'm saying, right? Now, that's that that's great, right? The, the hustler's mentality, in my opinion, is great. I have it, right? But I think the way we channel that, right, we have to talk about that, right? Because, yes, we have this beautiful gift, but in my opinion, we're using it very incorrectly, right? Since we have this hustler's mentality, since it's kind of innate, with minorities anyway, simply because we don't have the things that other people have, so we have to think outside the box, I'll say, right, to get what other people have. Mm -hmm. um, because of this this unique ability, right, we also have to hold ourselves accountable to using that for good instead of not good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's one thing that I would, I would definitely hold our people accountable for is to, to consider how they're using their abilities, right? Because we all, in my opinion, we're all superheroes, right? We, all have, we are superheroes. We all have different abilities. How do we use those abilities? We can either use them like a superhero would for good mm -hmm. and help the people, or we could be a villain and use yeah. our powers for you, right? And then the second thing I want to touch on, man, that I felt like, needs to be said in something like this that you're providing, which obviously is amazing, uh, is the fact that we have certain control over certain things and we don't have control over certain things, right? So, for example, right, I want to play in the NBA, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have control over if somebody's going to draft me. I don't have control if I'm picked up in free agency, right? I don't have control over any of that. But I do have control over, right, if I'm running my sprints, if I'm waking up in the morning working out, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing what I need to do, right, to get in shape, then at the end of the day, right, I can control what I can control. And then let them, right, handle the rest, right? Yeah. The same rules can be applied in education, you feel me? Sure, I might not be able to control how much, <laughs> how much they charge to go to an institution, right? Sure, I can't control if they'll even let me into that institution, but I can control what I can control, which means I can do my homework, mm -hmm. you feel me? I can get certain grades, right? Mm -hmm. I can do what I can do to set myself up. I can apply to certain scholarships, right? Yeah. And then, you know, again, let the external be the external, but I can focus on what I can control. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of our youth need to hear that because a lot of us will make the excuse, oh, it's too expensive. Oh, they don't, you know, the system doesn't work for us anyway, right? But to counter that, what are you doing, right, to help your circumstance? You exactly, 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 and that's, that's, that's the tough part because that's just somebody thinking on the fly, somebody using their resources, and a lot of people don't want to use those resources because mm -hmm. they're, one, either too scared to, or two, um, 
they might be put in situations where uh, it's it's more difficult, I guess. I'm gonna tell you this too, bro. And like I said, we touched on this earlier, but it's corny. Yeah. As simple as that. It, it it's corny to be a nerd. <laughs> but look, but I say this right. It's funny that the nerds in school end up being your boss later. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Like, and we have to think about why is that, right? Why is that the case? They got their freedom papers. They got they got what they needed. They might not be smarter than you. They might not be none of that, right? But they simply control what they could control, got what they needed to get, and look at them now. I would love to be a nerd if I can go back in high school. Because <laughs> who cares about right being the most popular? Like, you know, I mean, we're in our mid twenties now, man. I don't, I don't know if you, I'm not. I don't know if you're looking back like, oh man, I was third most popular at the school. I should have been first. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who cares? Um, but you know what you really should care about is again, how are you setting yourself up, and not even yourself, right? That's another thing you touched on. How are you setting up? your future leaders how are you setting up your next generation right uh, how are you you know helping your family I feel like it is it is a necessity it is a necessity for your family for you to take advantage of the opportunities and like you said the resources that you have in front of you in regards to school man it is a necessity because when you get what you need to get and you have some sustainability now you're giving back to the people who you know built the foundation with you you know, and I think that's the best reward anybody can get from embracing education. No, for sure. And, like, it just goes back into using those resources because people can be in school. You know, it's C's that get degrees. <laughs> Hold on, I'm about, to, I'm about to mess this up. It's C's get degrees. What is what's the... Um, I don't know, C's to get degrees, and honestly, like, I don't have that mentality because you're getting a C the whole way through, like, are you really learning? And guess what, right? You get a C, what does that make you? Average. And I mean, hey, I don't know about you, but I didn't, I don't think my purpose in this life is to be average. No, absolutely not. Because you got to think about it, you're paying thousands of dollars to be average <laughs> i'll pay those thousands of dollars to be average at home for all that <laughs> for real keep I'm my not, average money too <laughs> exactly exactly so you know it's, it's those distractions those negative negative aspects to society you know the influence that people allow mm. so it's, it's mm. like when you're talking about real you know the blogs that you guys post, you know, that's real. That's mm -hmm. what people should be reading. Mm -hmm. That positive, keeping you focused type of mindset. You know, it's kind of like listening to a podcast or reading a book or like taking a walk, right. meditating. Right. Those are things that people are missing in their yes. life. Yoga. Yes. Something simple yes. and small, but can really make an impact in the long run because mm -hmm. everybody knows my favorite player is Kobe. <laughs> Say every day when he wakes up, meditates for ten minutes. Ten minutes—that's all he does it for. Hmm. And he says it just sets him. It just gets him ready for the day, you mm -hmm. know, because you're getting that ten minutes of peace and quiet. No kids, no wife, no no basketball, no nothing. And it's just you getting yourself ready for the day. Mm -hmm. You can't get yourself ready for the day when you're listening to music that's cursing every right. like every which way, you know. 
you wake up, go straight to social media, you know, so it's just like we get into these habits that are not healthy for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and actually, um, it's funny to say because when I was at Villanova my very first time, I was an intern for the um, straight to conditioning for football, and he had us reading this book called Mastery, mm-hmm. and this book is a very good book. Um, in the book, he said, "What you put, what you put into your brain is what you're going to get out." Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're putting all these bad habits, if you're putting all this negativity in your brain, you're going to think nothing but negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're going to put nothing but negative people around you. You know, because right. you're so used to it because that's what you've been doing for so long. Right. But if you put in positive things into your mindset, into your brain, into the people around you, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just going to spread off a different light because right. that's what you're thinking 24-7. You're not, you're not seeing things from uh, a half-empty glass. You're seeing it from both a half-empty glass and a half-full glass because mm-hmm. you're seeing the negativity, but you're still seeing the positivity. You know right. what I mean? For so, sure, for sure. So, and they even speak on that too, right? So... Our blogs, right? So uh, at the end of our journey with our blogs, what we plan on doing is to have, because if you think about it, right, everybody has a unique way of learning. Mm -hmm. Some of us learn by reading, right? So we're going to have 52 blogs, which equates to a year if you do it week by week. We're going to have 52 blogs that are going to be typed up so you can read them, right? But then what we're going to do is have another set of 52 blogs that are going to be just like those, except now they're going to be visual. So you can then get a, a video of, you know, what the blog was, right? And one thing I'll touch on, too, when you talk about positivity, one of our blogs, actually, is on the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And so for people who might be unfamiliar with the law of attraction, as simply as I can put it, it's just what Toby just said, right? If you're positive and you put positivity out into the world, you're essentially just going to attract positivity to come right back to you, right? It's almost like karma. You know, (laughs) if you put karma out into the world, good karma is going to come back to you, man. That's just the way it operates, you know? And I'm a big believer in this because uh, you actually start to see things shape the way you want them to in your life, right? So I started practicing the law of attraction in 2018. And so at that point... I was, again, I I would consider myself a very negative person up until that point. But again, man, I I talked about this earlier, but I simply made a choice, right? Um, And that's also one of our blogs, The Power of Choices, right? Because Mm -hmm. I I had to decide, I had to tell myself literally, right, as as corny, right, as some people might think of it as as being, I had to literally tell myself, okay, you're going to be positive today, Yeah. right? Uh, I I kept a brick, I still have it actually in um, in my room now, I keep a brick with me. Uh, because it reminds me to lay that one brick towards that mansion, right? Because mm. if you think about the long-term perspective, if you look at a mansion, bro, you're going to look, how can I make that, right? It's just too yeah. big, right? It's sitting on too many acres, right? How am I going? But if I just focus on that one brick. At a time. And exactly. I do that every single day, right? Eventually, you'll look back and, whoa, I got I got a wall for the mansion now. Yeah. You know, you keep going. It's like, oh, I got a room in my mansion now. You know, and eventually, you'll see it, right? Mm-hmm. And... Just that one little uh, strategy, brick by brick, which is actually another blog. I'm plugging my blogs in as I talk. You feel me? But you know, as you as you really see, right, the the brick by brick mentality, that can apply to anything, 
you know, that could apply to positivity. It's, it's something small as that. Meditation, right? So I'm working up my way, right? I'm at five minutes right now, right? I do it every two minutes, right? So eventually I'll be at seven, then I'll be at nine, right? Before you know it, I'm meditating longer than Kobe was, you know? <laughs> um, but essentially, right, that is the, 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 the strategy that I feel like has helped me most in regards to reaching for those big goals, but doing it in a way that's like day-by-day habit. You feel me? (laughs) You must have been listening to my last podcast. (laughs) Maybe I was. So maybe I was. (laughs) Nah, because that's literally what I was just talking about on my last podcast. Um, I have actually my notebooks over there, my notepads, but I'm not going to bring them out right now. It's just like, it's 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 kind of different from a we're in the New Year's time, so I don't want them, I don't want the people that's listening, my fam, to listen and think, yeah, we're telling them to make a New Year's resolution because mm. that's not what it what it is. New Year's resolutions are something that you make and you don't follow through after <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> that's something that a New Year's resolution is, and that's not what we're doing. We're what we're doing is basically creating goals, writing them down, putting mm-hmm. them on the wall, crossing, and putting new ones as you cross, yes. you know? Yes, for sure. So, <laughs> I just, I felt I had to put that out there because we don't do New Year's resolutions. If you do that, then you're feeding into society, you're feeding into what, yeah, the gyms want you to think, you know, you're going to buy this gym membership for that <laughs> <laughs> You're giving those gyms money for a good right. two for a month. I don't understand it. Man, but I say I say this, right? Because you know, it, it's going to be those people out there who already made it. It's Jan, you know, it, it's into January now saying so they already made their little resolution. Right? <laughs> look, let me not let me not say, you know, don't do it cuz look, you already did it if you have, right? I'll say this though, right? Instead of making a new year's resolution for the year, how about doing something per week, right? Or maybe let's do something per day, right? Because now what you're doing is you're you're waking up with a new year's a new day let's say new day resolution every day you wake up now right, and so you know you might have that overarching goal that let's say you want to lose thirty pounds in a year right, but instead of that man what can I do today that will help me achieve my goal down the road right and so maybe I should accomplish that goal for the day right so if it's losing thirty pounds in a year. Maybe the daily goal is, all right, well, I'm going to skip the, the donut and eat a salad today, mm-hmm. right? That's the goal for today, you see? So now you're almost, you know, you got the big goal, but you have little goals within that big goal to achieve that goal. Because I agree with you, bro. January 31st hit. <laughs> it ain't even been a month yet. And people already like, oh, I can't wait till next year to make my resolution. Man, yeah, that. that's really how it is. And like... Just listening to what you're saying, it's like, it sounds so much easier than mm, done. Mm. So it's just like, you actually have to have that mindset to where you're going to get it done. You have to get it done. I, so The one thing about me is that I say I have to, I have to, I have to, mm. I have to. Because that instills something in me that there's no other choice, but mm. I have to. So like, I'm re- I do it a lot when I network because... I always say, I have to talk to this person. Why? I might not ever see this person again. This person might be able to get me to where I want to go or might give me the knowledge to where I want to be. So I always say, I have to, I have to. I don't care what the position of the person is. 
if they show me some type of passion about their job, I want to know why. Mm. Why they're so passionate, you know, what put them, what gave them the motivation to be where they're at. I don't care who you are, you know, so it's just like, I have that I had to mindset, and you have to have that same I had to mindset. If it's not eating a salad, I mean, not eating, I said not eating a salad. <laughs> but eat that salad, boy. <laughs> if it's not eating a donut, be like, I have to eat the salad. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I want to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. I want to get lean. I want to feel good, be healthy, mm-hmm. you know? Well, Toby, tell me, tell me this. I got a question for you, bro. Have you heard of the burn the boats analogy? Burn the boat? Absolutely not. Oh, yeah, I got you. It's going to be a good one, bro. You're going to enjoy this, okay? So, burn the boats analogy. And I'm not going to give the specifics of the story. I'm going to just kind of give, you know, the the main idea of the story, right? And this was something I got to shout out my brother, Darion. He the one that put me on to this. Uh, so, you know, but it is something that is, you know, documented and it's a story. So, it starts off by this soldier, right? This, this leader of soldiers, I should say, this leader of soldiers, right? He takes his crew on boats, right? Uh, and let's just say they have two boats of soldiers, right? Now, they're going up against this, this army, right, who has, let's say they have like 20 boats of soldiers, right? Now, when, when, when the soldier, the lead soldier gets to the land, right, he, he tells everybody to get off the boat because, you know, people were... Uh, fearful, saying, you know, they got this army over there, right? I don't know how we're, we only got two boats. So the leader says, okay, let's put everybody on the land. And then he gets a torch. He lights the torch. He puts the torch to the first boat. Flames ablazing. Mm-hmm. He puts the boat, he puts the torch to the second boat. Flames ablazing. Now, they don't have transportation to get back mm-hmm. to where they're going. The people, his his little uh, his little group of soldiers are looking at him like, bro, where are you doing? That's our transportation. That's the only way home. He's like, y'all don't understand. With our boats, we're fearful. Without our boats, we have no choice but to to dominate. Mm-hmm. We have no choice, right? Going back to what you said, bro, it's like burn the boats, right? When you're thinking about, okay, so again, going back to myself, right? I want to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to burn the boats to get there. Meaning, again, everything that's in my control, I'm going to do because guess what? There's no other option. Exactly. There's no other way home, right? So I have to make this happen. Just like you said, I have to, Right. I feel like a lot of other individuals need that same mindset, the burn the boats analogy, right? Because when you have that burn the boats mindset, you're not even thinking about quitting. You're not even thinking about plan B. You feel me? All you're thinking about is how to make plan A work because otherwise I'm dead. You know, uh, I'll say one more. Will Smith's father told him, um, who was a a military general and, you know, um, very, you know, how can I put military esque, right? Mm-hmm. And so, his whole his whole thing with his children was Will Smith's father uh, was that you're either gonna complete the mission or you're gonna die. As simple as that. So whatever your mission is, and this, now I'm speaking to you know the audience, right? Whatever your mission is in this life, 
either complete it or die. Burn the boats, right? Whatever your mission, whatever your goal is in this world, in this life, make that something that's an end-all, be-all. No matter what it takes, you're going to accomplish that, right? Uh, and I might speak on this a bit earlier or a bit later too, but, you know, Real's mission is to make the hood not the hood anymore, right? Which essentially means people in the hood can remain there. I'm not telling us to, to up and leave the hood, right? Stay where we are, stay in our homes, but let's start bringing back some of this education. Let's bring it back some of this learning to the hood so that guess what? Now with education and what I like to call freedom papers, now you have money that's starting to circulate. And I know money isn't the end all be all either, right? But now with money comes infrastructure. So now you can start to create, you know, a better living environment for the people around you, mm -hmm. you know? That is the end goal of real. That mission will either get completed or I will die. <laughs> and Laura is the same way, you know, she, she feels the same way about this, right? We are burning the boats, you know, and so that's our mission and we're not gonna complete it until it's completed. We're not gonna quit on it until it's completed. I love that. I love that. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, I really, I really thank you for coming on to this podcast and just giving your knowledge, telling us a little bit more about real. Um, I hope you guys listen to his music when he puts it out. Um, <laughs> read the blogs. I'm telling you, it's great knowledge. It's something that you want to put yourself around because it's something like, you want to be knowledgeable. You have the tools to be knowledgeable. You have the resources. Go get it. I'm giving you knowledge. You guys listening to this podcast for a reason. Um, I'm going to direct, put his um, website in the description when I post this episode. Um, but I just wanted to ask, Devin, do you have any last remarks for those that might be scared to pursue their dreams or might not have a clue on what exactly they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any advice or knowledge that you can give them? Yeah, man. Um, so first, I got to start this off the same way I started off at the beginning, just by thanking you, man. I really appreciate, you know, everything that you're doing. Allow me to be a part of it. You know, you got big things coming. I want everybody that's listening to know that too, right? Um, and then, you know, to answer your question, man, I was scared too, right? So you're basically asking me to speak on, you know, something that I experienced myself in, in, in this journey, right? Um, and I think uh, what I'll say is fear is something that is not real, right? No pun intended. <laughs> fear is not real. And I think we have to remind ourselves of that on an almost daily basis, right? We fear things that at present and may not ever exist, you know? Um, that was a quote from After Earth, by the way. Uh, that's also Will Smith, my <laughs> favorite actor. Uh, but no, nah, man, fear, fear is something that gets in a lot of people's way when it comes to, you know, achieving their dreams and, you know, uh, even just taking risks. And, you know, the, the advice that I would give, uh, even myself when I was going through that, that fear stage of, you know, how this might look was, you know, just keep going, mm -hmm. you know, um, just keep attacking, just keep attacking, burn the boats, you know, uh, you'll realize on the other side of fear is success, right? On the other side of fear is, you know, a, a, a growth 
experience that you're definitely going to see yourself go through um, when you actually just, you know, take those risks and, you know, um, like you said, right, network with the people you need to network with because you just never know. Yeah. You know, you never know when you might see them again. You never know when another opportunity might come up. So if you see it, you might as well take advantage of it now. That's true. What do you really have to lose? That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's giving us gems today. Uh, oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but, no, I just I just wanted to say thank you for coming on to the podcast. And anytime I have somebody be a guest speaker on my podcast, um, I always ask them, what is their definition of success? Because, you know, this is a very, very complex type of question and everybody thinks differently everybody has their own opinion on this so i want to know what your opinion is when it comes to the success and what your definition is success to me is internal first of all mm-hmm. i think you know the amount of money you have doesn't make you successful okay. right the amount of friends you have don't make you successful that's true you feel me but internally is where you're going to find your success right mm-hmm. and so you know we just spoke on it, right? But I'll reiterate the fact that true success is only gained when you can look back and say, you know, I'm happy with the life I lived and I've prepared my future, right? Leaders or generation or whatever that looks like for them to succeed. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll just speak on my own, my own life. For me, success is happiness. Mm-hmm. And so how will I be happy more specifically? By giving back to the future generation. That to me is gonna make me extremely happy, right? If I die with $10 in my pocket, right, but I know that the future generation is gonna be taken care of, then I'm good, right? Um, if I die with my little small circle of my five friends, right, then again, I'm, I'm 100% satisfied with how my life turned out if, right, if I've done everything that I can to mm-hmm. make sure that we're good and the next generation is good. No, for sure. So to me, that's what success really means. Okay, okay, okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because I even say success is happiness, but you mm. can only create your own happiness. Mm. Because how? You're great. Why? Because you're bound for success. And what are you? You're a shining star at the day and night. And as I always say, let's get it. Let's go. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Leave a comment. And please rate the podcast because this is the way that we get our podcast to a larger outreach to more people because people want to hear, people need to hear actually some great things and how to stay motivated. But as I always say, out, let's get it, let's go. Hey, keep it real. Yeah, you're kicking it with Toe, huh? Yeah, you're kicking it with Toe. What? Yeah, you're kicking it with Toe. The latest podcast you know.